to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. You know, I think for Christian families, discipleship that goes to a child's heart will give them a passion for Jesus like nothing else. When I was raising my daughter, that was my number one priority, and I bet it is for you too. We mamas do our utmost to raise our children according to biblical principles and standards as we do our best to model Christ's love to them and everyone in our lives. So to chat about all this and how to focus on discipleship while it's so critical for our kids, we are welcoming Leslie Nunnery. She's an author and mom of four who, along with her husband, David, found to teach them diligently. And that's the nation's premier source for gospel-centered homeschool events. Now, Leslie's been on our podcast before on episode 53, which is all about finding your parenting vision. And, you know, that's well worth going back and listening to. She's the author of two books, and she's written multiple homeschool courses. You know, but whether you homeschool or not, Leslie is full of wisdom about how we can focus on discipleship and why it's so critical to Christian families, especially in these crazy times that we live in. So, hi, Leslie. Welcome back to the podcast. So just take a minute, tell our listeners about yourself and your ministry. Well, thank you. Thank you guys all so much for having me on. It is always a joy to talk to you guys because there's such a commonality of vision and purpose and background, and it's just a joy to be with you. Uh, My family actually lives in South Carolina. We started Teach Them Diligently years and years ago, kind of accidentally. We, We didn't expect God to do with it what he has. We just wanted to do something one year to celebrate discipleship in home educating families. And the idea took root because for so many Christian families, that is at the heart of what they do. And so they want to learn how to do it better. And so God has done great things. Um, like you noted, we have four children, three of whom are grown. They've graduated from high school. Um, one is getting married this summer. Uh, and then we have one more that we're homeschooling still. Uh, it's been really, really amazing to watch them grow up, but also to see God use them in their own way, but also as they have served alongside us all these years. So we we are just among all people most blessed, I think. We are grateful for the journey that God has taken us on. That is amazing. And I just want to jump in really quick and tell our listeners, we are taking the podcast on the road and joining Teach Them Diligently. Leslie, can you remind us of the date for Pigeon Forge? Absolutely. Pigeon Forge uh, in Tennessee, that event is taking place May 4th through 6th. So that first weekend in May, uh, we actually have some special events happening on that Wednesday, which is May 3rd, uh, that you can come to if you're homeschooling high school or just getting started. But the the main event will be May 4th through 6th uh, there at the LeConte Center in Pigeon Forge. And we'd love to see you guys there. And so Kate, September, and I are all doing separate workshops as well as coming together to field your questions on a special panel. So we will provide a link in the show notes if you're interested in joining us there. And when you see us around at Pigeon Forge, come on out over and give us a sling around the neck. We would love to meet you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that conference. That's a great location too. We always have fun as a family. So if anyone's considering going, it's a great family time also. Um, And speaking of families, today we're going to be talking and chatting about a few things, and one of those is discipleship. So 
the girls and I thought that it would be great. Uh, Leslie, if you could share some examples of how you've seen discipleship play out in your family over the years. Oh, I would love to. You know, God is so good to give you ideas and to answer prayers in ways that as a young mom, as a middle mom, you don't have any idea what he's actually doing with it. And then you get to be an older mom like I am now, and you can look back and you can see how God wove all of these little bitty ideas, these little tiny steps of faith, and he does great things with them. So, you know, as far as discipleship goes, I think that kind of as I look back, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this, it all really starts with a posture of the heart as a mom to desire to grow and to bring your children along with us. So God growing me was kind of the first step in me being able to invest in my kids. Then beyond that, it's just really looking for ways to engage in conversations, to point them to Jesus. You know, we, the ministry that God has given us, teach them diligently. The passage that that comes from in Deuteronomy talks about we are to teach them diligently as we talk, as we walk, as we go around, you know, the house and and this sort of thing. It's those in-between moments that if we're not intentional with, we'll just let them slide by. But those in-between moments when we're doing life together, when we're having natural conversations, when we're, you know, not grumbling when we have to fold the laundry, and I'm talking to myself, not my kids there. You know, those are the times when we're really very effectively shepherding hearts and just passing on our faith in a really natural way. So that's that's one very big way that God uses this heart of discipleship in your in your family is just taking advantage of those in-between times. Other in-between, you know, just really good times is when you're sitting at the table, sharing what God has taught you, listening, asking questions to get your kids talking about what, you know, what they're seeing him do, what they're doing in their own quiet time, modeling that for them so that as they grow older, that's just second nature. That's what, that's what they do by default. That's what we really want to do is model things so that our kids have really a leg up from all these things that we had to kind of intentionally start doing, we're able to pass on so that it's just second nature to them. And that all comes, again, in just taking those opportunities in those simple moments that you've been given and and honestly, really being intentional with the way that you spend time with your kids. Now, when I say that, I don't want to imply that every conversation that I have with my kids is spiritual because that's not always the case either. We have a ton of fun together. A lot of a lot of discipleship actually happens through having fun together. Laughter, you know, breaks down walls. It tightens relationships. It builds that foundation. So you don't want to get so spiritually minded that you're of no earthly good. So you want to make sure that in every way you're investing in relationships with your kiddos, because that is going to give you the foundation to build on for these discipleship-focused, more spiritual conversations. Well, Leslie, I love that because, I, and I've seen the fruit of that now in my daughter's life. She has six kids and I see her doing a lot of what I tried to model with her, you know, just reading the Bible together, having those conversations, going shopping. It, it It's neat to see now the fruit of that being passed down. It, it becomes a generational thing. So I, I love that. Yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head, Leslie. It doesn't, not every single conversation is going to end with a Bible verse. Right. But when we have made Christ an integral thread that weaves throughout every area of our home, even those fun moments that maybe we don't even, you know, mention a scripture or mention anything in particular to our faith, it's just part and parcel to who we are. 
Um, and our kids, right. Kids can see us filtering all of our life, even the fun bits through a grid of our faith. In an upcoming episode, the three of us are going to be chatting about parenting adult kids. And I'm wondering, now that you have adult kids, how has your discipleship changed or the role that you play changed over the years now that you've launched them? Because I imagine it's it's not quite the same. No, actually, it's it's kind of intense. Honestly, it that's that's the word that I keep using all the time. It's It's intense. We are very blessed in that God has given us kids who truly do love God and are seeking Him, and yet they're walking into a really dark world. And there's there's a sanctifying element for me to trust the work that God is doing, to trust the foundation and the, that I have given them what I needed to, and then to trust them to seek God's face. So so that has been a real a real exercise of faith for me. Um, to trust God with my kids now that they're young adults. But the other thing that I have found is the importance of those relationships that I built when they were younger, because even now, you know, one is preparing to get married this summer. Two of them are, they're working, they're doing their thing, they're growing They're you know, the Lord is doing so much. But because of the relationships that we had when they were younger, I still have incredibly long conversations with all of them every day. They they come, they seek counsel from David and I, and we're able now to kind of step back, give counsel, but more so than historically has been so. We have to trust that God will allow that counsel to take root and that they will do with it what they need to as adults. And um, sometimes that makes you just kind of cringe as they as they stub their toe on stuff. <laughs> And you you would do anything in the world to stop them from stubbing their toe. But just like it was true with us, sometimes it's those toe stubs that are the biggest teachers for our kids. I mean, we we didn't learn everything by doing it perfectly and neither will they. So it just really drives you to your knees even more so. You think the teenage years are intense and it drives you to their knees. Yes, it does. But it just kind of gets more and more and more as they get older and the stakes get higher. And in that way, I think this season of parenting adults is actually discipleship for the disciplers. You know, I I feel like God is using these, God has used these last two years of having an adult child to teach me things about him that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. So I too am being discipled. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. And I think, like you said, sometimes we need to let them stub their toe. Failure is probably the best teacher, making that mistake. So I, I think that's a great thing to point out. Well, and I, it comes down to, to you know, when they stub their toe, helping them navigate the way out as well. This is not the end. This is a toe stub. And so helping them, loving them through, you know, the ramifications of wrong detour that they may have taken or whatever, we still have the the opportunity to shepherd their hearts and to guide them as as long as we keep that that line of communication open. And so it's so important that we do that. But the other side of that that's been so amazing is seeing my older kids actually put into practice what they've seen us do. I see them serving. I see them loving people. I see them giving. I see them doing things that is unbelievably exciting to me because I'm not telling them to. This is an overflow of their relationship with God. And that is maybe the most fulfilling thing of all is to see them actually walking with God in that way. Hey there, Mama. This is Jamie. I just wanted to interrupt for a second to say thank you. 
Today, you're listening to the 100th episode of the mom to mom podcast. And Kate, September and I are so very grateful that you've shared a bit of your life with us, whether this is your first time tuning in or your 100th. Thank you for every rating and review, every download, and every social media comment. We don't take your investment in our ministry lightly because as busy moms ourselves, we know how limited your time is. We hope that our discussions together have inspired you to gather around your own tables of influence for discipleship, mentorship, and encouragement. Motherhood is so much more enjoyable when we can link arms with others. We're in it together. If you're listening to this episode on or around April 11th, be sure to head to mom to mom podcast on Instagram for a chance to win some party swag. We're celebrating 100 today. Here's to 100 more. Why is it so impactful for Christian families to gather together and grow and learn? I mean, we know it's important, but how, how have you kind of seen that? Like what tips could you give parents that maybe maybe are new to this? I was a new Christian when I had my daughter. I had no clue what to do. We, I started homeschooling back in the 80s. I mean, there were no computers, <laughs> kind of the ancient times. So I didn't know what to do, you know, other than other moms mentoring me and, and showing me how. But maybe you have a few steps or ideas for the mom that's just brand new to discipling her kids. Yeah, I, I love that question because one of the the girl who is soon to be my my new daughter-in-law got saved a little bit later in life. Uh, she was 17, so she was still a teenager, but she didn't grow up in a Christian family. Her experience has been very different than my kids. And so I'm actually getting to walk through a lot of these brand new things that I may have taken for granted um, with her. And I'm getting the opportunity to disciple her, which is an amazing privilege and joy. But as we look at the importance of gathering together, you know, first of all, we know that God's word tells us to. We aren't to forsake the assembling of each other together. And that has to do with with actually supporting the core of each other. Like if if one of us is missing, there is something that we bring to the table that someone else needs to strengthen their core, to help them walk the walk that God has called them to. And likewise, if we remove ourselves from fellowship, we are not getting that input, that that mentorship, that discipleship from others that we so desperately need. God created us to function as a body. And it's one of the most amazing things in the Christian life that he did that because we are a community that can support and love one another. And in a day and age that is as dark and as difficult to walk as a believer as this one is, we absolutely need the supports that we get by get gathering with our brothers and sisters. Now, if we're talking specifically about coming together, like at a at a homeschooled and discipleship event like we have, the benefits of that is you're able to surround yourself with thousands of other people who look like you, who are making decisions that are very similar to yours. You know, there's there's the old saying that there's strength in numbers. You actually see all of these people and recognize that though sometimes it feels lonely and you feel like you're on an island all by yourself, you're really not. There are so many others who God has called to do the same thing and people and families are growing together. And you see your kids plugging in with other kids who are like-minded and are being raised very similarly. There is an encouragement and a challenge that comes from that that you can't put in a box. You can't really you know, quantify it. It is just an overwhelming blessing to be surrounded by other people in that way. 
Well, you know, I think that when people get together like that and they fellowship at conferences, they go home and they reevaluate what they're doing and they think about their families. And we always encourage moms, you know, be careful not to compare, but you can grow and learn from one another. But there's, I think, a lot of times when we do gather and we listen to podcasts and we try to learn, we we get a lot of questions about where do we begin? Like, how do I begin this journey? I see what's played out for you. And we always encourage families to just to create a mission for their families of discipleship. So do you have any steps that you would like to share with mom listening on how to begin to create this mission? Yeah, absolutely. You are so, so right. When you say the first step, you have to understand why you're doing what you're doing Because if you don't, then you don't know what you're shooting for. You don't know where you're going and you're going to get really dry and brittle and discouraged really fast. So you do need to come up with a a reason, a why, a mission. You know, if you are a Christian parent, you are called to teach your children diligently. You are called to disciple and to raise them to love God and love people. That is your call, no matter what form of education you use. You still have that same call. So understanding that, recognizing your privileged position that God put your family together, even the kiddos that you don't fully understand, God gave you. He knew that you were the perfect person to parent that child. So recognizing that privileged position is going to help you better understand how you live that out. You know, God created this. This is not a mistake. There is no child that he gave me, whether by birth or by choice. He put my family together. So recognizing that, first of all, and then recognizing the call that God has given you, which is to point them to Jesus. Take every opportunity that you have to give them a foundation for an authentic faith that is their own. From there, you can see what tools he wants you to use. We see homeschooling as a fantastic tool for discipleship because it gives you so much time with your kids. It gives you so many conversational opportunities. It allows you to learn and grow together in ways that it's hard to replicate if your kids are gone all day. So that is why we look at homeschooling as a tool. Homeschooling is not a mission in and of itself, because if homeschooling is your only mission, then you know, you're know you going to find a lot of other ways for them to get a really good education. There are, there are other opportunities for that, but, but you've got to keep that that mission first and foremost. And one of the things that I always tell families to do is to work with your spouse on what that mission should look like. So one of the things that I found really impactful is to have the wife write down what how she thinks the mission looks, have the husband do likewise, and then weave those two together because you get differing perspectives. And if you're just talking about it, then generally one party or the other really takes the lead and the other one doesn't have as much input. But when you write them down and you see those different perspectives coming together, you're able to weave together a mission statement that is cohesive and strong and that you both are equally engaged in. And that gives you something rock solid to stand on, you know, even when the days get harder and longer. Have you wanted to homeschool, but you're worried about your child's socialization? Well, Classical Conversations believes education is best experienced together. That's why Classical Conversations provides homeschool families with local communities that have opportunities for socialization, support, and encouragement. In community, a trained licensed director guides both students and parents alike through a proven Christ-centered curriculum rooted in the classical model. 
To find a Classical Conversations community near you, visit classicalconversations.com forward slash mom to mom. That's classicalconversations.com forward slash mom to mom. Several years ago, my oldest daughter taught herself how to play the ukulele. She spent hours scouring YouTube for basic tutorials, and over the course of about six months, she pieced together music lessons for herself. Now she wants to learn the acoustic guitar. Trouble is, the guitar is quite a bit trickier to learn than the ukulele, and YouTube snippets just aren't cutting it. That's why I'm thrilled that Practicing Musician, the folks that created a free online multimedia curriculum with over 10,000 video tutorials, learning assignments, exercises and songs for the band and orchestral instruments, are launching a brand new ministry called Worshiping Musician. Designed in partnership with a leader of the United States K-12 Music Standards and Assessment Writing Teams, Worshiping Musician will offer the same robust online curriculum with the same intuitive and easy-to-use learning management system, but for worship instruments, including piano, bass guitar, drums, vocals, and of course, the acoustic guitar. My daughter will be able to learn right in the comfort of her own room. She won't have to scour the internet to gather a hodgepodge assortment of tutorials, and she won't have to pay a dime because the curriculum is all free. Should she like additional help, she can sign up for an annual subscription for one-on-one -on -one micro sessions where she'll receive tutoring from an expert via video conference. For nearly 80% less than the cost of a year's worth of guitar lessons, the micro tutoring sessions from Worshiping Musician will not only get her playing, but will also be within her college student budget. To learn more about the free curriculum from Practicing Musician, the creation of their upcoming Worshiping Musician resources, or to grab $10 off of their limited micro-tutoring subscriptions, head to practicingmusician.com worship and use promo code mom to mom at checkout. That's practicingmusician.com worship, promo code M-O-M-T-O, M O M. And I would add to that, Leslie, you know, not to make something as sacred and holy as the institution of the family and compare it to like a corporate entity. But when a corporation is putting together a mission statement, they actually use real strong verbs or, mm -hmm. or nouns. So when you're sitting down to chat with your spouse about like, how are we going to disciple our children? What is the point of our family? What is the mission that God has for us? And you think those thoughts through and you say, well, we are a family who, da 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 A, B, C, D. For instance, if your A is, we are a family who loves and serves our neighbors well, then ask yourself, what am I doing or what can I do to love and serve my neighbors well? Look at all of the time investments that you have in your home that individuals in your home have and say, does that commitment love and serve our neighbors well? And if it doesn't, perhaps that's one that needs to be pushed to the back burner and something else needs to come to the forefront. You know, you map out your why. Why did God put all of us together? And then you honor that why by making commitments that align with that mission. And everything else can just get a hard pass. 
Well, exactly. And and one of the really cool things that it does is it gives you peace and confidence and freedom when you make decisions that do align with that mission. So when mm-hmm. you, like in a homeschooling environment, for example, when you take a detour, you walk away from a math class to have a deep conversation with your child about something else or a heart issue that you're seeing, you're dealing with things that are actually mission critical. So those detours, just because you're getting off of your planner for the day, aren't defeating you. You're actually, you have the confidence and the peace of knowing that that is actually the most important thing that you can do at any given moment. And I think it helps you champion others who might have a different mission from you without feeling like, oh, I I also have to have that same goal or that same commitment. No, because that doesn't align perhaps with your mission. You can applaud them and cheer them on knowing all the while that's that's not your work to do. Well, One thing that fascinates me about this word discipleship, Leslie, is it actually has the same root, the same Latin root as disciple and discipline. In episode 55, we talked specifically about discipline that connects to the heart of a child. And I'm wondering how you think discipleship within the home plays into our daily discipline of our children or or does it? Oh, it it does. I I think that the discipleship within our home plays into every area of our of our the way our family functions. But yeah, the the discipline within our home is absolutely guided by a heart of discipleship. That's going to help you gauge how you are treating those moments of discipline. You know, and that varies that as you have younger children, it's very cut and dried. As it as you get older, there's a lot more discussion, a lot more teaching. So, you know, there's a sliding scale there of what that actually looks like. But at the root of all of it, I don't ever want to discipline my children just for the sake of disciplining them. I want to discipline my children for the opportunity to show them that, first of all, God hates sin that that sin is dangerous that it takes you down a road that is is very harmful but then also to help them understand that god loves them deeply and help them understand the the restitution the redemption that comes with restored relationships and everything else and we are able to to model all of that through times of discipline pointing them to Jesus, restoring those relationships where they can actually be great tools for us, not just to save them from bad choices and bad habits and behaviors and things that will not serve them well down the road, but also to take those those stumbling times and help them to see that that doesn't break their fellowship with God, that he loves them. He died for them to, to wash them clean of all of those sins. And to help them understand how that works and how growing sometimes includes failures. Mm-hmm. So I kind of liken it to, you know, discipleship is that preventative care. Discipline is the restorative care, but it's still care. Oh, that's that's an excellent way to put it. Leslie, we um, not all of our audience are homeschoolers. So how can we apply some of this? You know, kids are facing a lot of ugly stuff in school. And just with friends and, you know, the internet and all of that. So how can discipleship, well, and discipline probably too, but how can you apply that to the family that's not necessarily homeschooling, but are still, you know, they love the Lord. They want to disciple their ship as best they can, but I think they might have a few different obstacles in the way. So every family, like I noted at the beginning, is called to disciple your kids. Every Christian family, that is what we are to do. And so regardless of what tool you're using to educate, to prepare them for the future, you still have that same call. 
So yes, if your kids are going off to school, they're gone from you a lot, but that doesn't prohibit you from being involved in their life and from taking the opportunities that you are given. You're just going to have to be a lot more intentional with those evening moments, weekend moments. Um, You know, I would encourage you as much as you can to prioritize those family meal times. In the the book that I just finished, I share a a statistic that I believe it was focused on the family put out several years ago, but the average family spends only 34 minutes a day of quality time with their kids, which we're all like, no, there's no way. But when you kind of step back and you think, okay, they catch the bus at seven o'clock in the morning, they're gone to 334, they have practices or rehearsals or tons of homework or parents are working or whatever, you kind of back off of that and you see, you know, they're not even most of the time eating dinner together. So that 34 minutes a day actually seems rather reasonable. I can get there. So we need to be, as as families, if your kids go off to school, you just want to make sure that, first of all, that you're looking for ways to get more than 34 minutes a day. It's really hard to effectively pass on your faith in 34 minutes a day. So be strategic with the moments that you have. Be careful that you're not allowing them to overextend themselves so that there's no time for family. There's no time for shepherding their hearts. I would encourage you to prioritize worship together. There's an awful lot of things, a lot of opportunities that keep kids away from church. And if we as parents show our kids that we don't prioritize them being in church, we can't expect them once they leave the home to prioritize that on their own. So I would say just taking advantage of the moments that you have and and lining up, like Jamie was noting earlier, lining up what you are participating in with your mission it's going to go a long way towards making sure that what you're passing on to your kids in the moments you have is what you want to pass on to your kids. Leslie, can you tell us a little bit about Heart School and where that whole idea came from? I'd love to hear about that. Well, yeah. So Heart School is actually a, a term that I coined um, back. It was actually in the summer of 2020. We had had all of our events except for Nashville canceled that year. Nashville came in before COVID was ushered into our reality. And so it honestly is a testament to grace that God has kept us afloat at all. We had six events that were canceled that year. And so we were really praying, God, how do we still serve families? How do we still minister to people? And so that summer, David and I were talking and, you know, we've always been about discipleship focused homeschooling. And at one point in one of our conversations, I was like, really, it's hard schooling. That's what we are doing as Christian homeschoolers. And really, whether you are homeschooling or not, you're still heart schooling because you are going after the heart of your children. And so that summer, I wrote a little 15-lesson course that hundreds and hundreds have gone through that's just about what does that look like. And and we looked in that course about the foundation and how to get that why, how to get, you know, how to build your home around this discipleship focus. And then what does that mean for your relationships? And we talked about your relationships with your kids, your marriage relationship, and how important that is, and even how it impacts your relationships with others, because you're going to get questions. You're going to get, not every in-law is going to agree with every decision you make. How do you navigate that? And then we went into the nuts and bolts of how your mission impacts the decisions that you're making, and, and the course is specific to homeschooling. Um, so how does it impact the nuts and bolts of homeschooling? So it's really, really practical. That course has been really, really helpful But back in the fall, I felt like I needed to expand it out more. So I wrote a book called Heart School, How Amazing Parents Become Excellent Home Educators. 
because really the friction with people thinking that they can can homeschool and disciple well is they really just don't think that they're good parents. They don't think that they're equipped to do kind of the job that God has given them in that way. So we look a lot at parenting and what does that look like? Then we look at what does, you know, an engaged parent, what kind of a benefit does that have for your kids? Um, and I share research about, yeah, I mean, there's the University of Madison, Wisconsin, uh, put out research that shows that no matter, you know, anything else, no matter how high the school level is, you know, they could be in a an inner city school that by statistics is not doing well, or they could be in a high-end um, private school. And the number one uh, contributor to their success is the engagement and the level of involvement of their parents in their academics. And this is coming from the University of Madison, Wisconsin, echoed by the University of Purdue. And so, you know, we look at all of these things and just the critical importance of the role of parents in their child's life, uh, really regardless of the educational route that you take. But then in the book, I do tie it down. This is how it looks practically in a homeschooler's life. And this is how you walk it out. This is how it impacts your decisions. And we just really break everything down. Um, There's lots of assessments, lots of questions, ways, things to try to trigger thought and maybe make you evaluate things that you haven't really stopped to think about before. I keep thinking about that family that maybe one of the children has strayed. You know, they've walked away from the faith or they're just not living according to what they've learned. I'm sure there are moms listening that are dealing with that and saying, you know, well, there's all these perfect families, but here I am and my child's walked away. So do you have any specific advice for that mom? Yeah, that is, that's a really hard situation. And what it really comes down to is as a mom, we have got to do what God has called us to do, but we are not responsible for the heart of our child. We cannot be. That is the child's decision. But we can hit our knees. We can be faithful. We can love. There should be nothing that separates our child from our love. And they need to know that. And um, it grieves me when you see that love kind of broken. It's an embarrassment to the family or whatever. We don't want to allow that to happen because the Bible tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And if we are modeling that there are restrictions on our own love, we're really shooting everything that we've taught them before in the foot. So love your kids through that, pray for them day in and day out, and then trust that God's word doesn't return void, that the work that you've done through the years, that God will eventually bring them back and pray that he will. God is faithful and he is good and he is merciful and he is gracious and we can trust him. And this may be a time when he is asking you to trust him in ways that makes you very, very uncomfortable But I I encourage you, Mama, to allow God to grow you through this, grow your prayer life, be more specific in the way that you are approaching God's throne. I pray through scriptures every single day for my kids. Um, And it's amazing as you read scripture and you turn them into prayers, the, the words that God gives you to share with them, as well as the peace and the comfort that he gives your own heart, that he is in control and he is good and he is able to bring them back. I love that. All right, Leslie, can you just give us some scriptures that you've used in your home that will help the moms and the families listening give them a foundation for discipleship? I know we've talked about the verses in Deuteronomy, but I know sometimes as they get older, like we really want to have a good reminder and verses to share with our kids. I know as a mom of kids in different ages, I have actually shared with my kids the reason as to why discipleship is so important in the home. 
Um, and I think that's a big important part of raising kids is that they know this isn't just a checklist for us, but there's actual, uh, you know, biblical mandate we're under, we're following, we want our heart is for them and for the Lord. And so that they can see those two things sync. Um, and so I don't know if you have any scriptures to share today. Yeah, one of the things that we shared with our kids through the years was, you know, throughout Paul's epistles, you see this theme of walking worthy of the Lord, of of doing all to the glory of God, all of these things. We talked a lot about those. We because you're able to elevate Christ. Why would you walk worthy? What makes him worthy? And so that that opens up a lot of of doors. It also sets them apart. You are a child of God if they have accepted or or we have all of these benefits that you you're able to know about God. And so walking worthy, allowing what's in your heart to overflow into everything that you're doing. But really, I think that the most powerful and impactful times that I shared verses with the kids was when we would sit at breakfast and I would share what God taught me in my devotions that morning. And it was just anything and everything that God was teaching me. And it could be, you know, God got a hold of my heart and I saw I've been doing wrong in this way, this way, this way, whatever it is. And I share that with them. Or it could be, hey, I was praying this passage for you this morning. How are you doing in this? Did God lead me to this for a specific reason? You know, what is there something we want to talk about? And a lot of times, if God has really laid a passage of scripture on my heart as I'm going through my own quiet time, I'll, you know, take that child out to lunch or out to coffee or whatever. And, you know, just ask questions. I can't encourage questions enough. I I tell people all the time, accusations harden the will, but questions prick the conscience. Questions allow you to go deeper. Questions get the conversation started, whereas accusations just make people clam up. So as you are growing and changing, those questions become very easy because they're an overflow of how God is speaking to you in your own quiet time. And you're able to incorporate scripture in those. So so I guess that wasn't a whole lot of specific scriptures because every word of scripture is helpful for discipleship. And that's maybe that's too general. I'm sorry, but that is that is really, truly what I have found through the years is God's word doesn't return void and he uses every piece of it. That's great. Thank you, Leslie. You've really shared a lot of insight with us today. And I think our moms that are listening are going to be really blessed by this conversation. And I know that as Christian mamas, we know that making disciples is one of our primary goals as we raise our children. Our lives are an example to everyone we meet. I I always say this, that people are watching. You know, they're watching us. What are we doing? How are we living? How are we raising our kids? And I think because of that, because our lives are such an example, we want to raise our children who are strong in their convictions, who love the Lord, you know, and that training begins at home. So, and Jamie in September and I, like Jamie said earlier, we're going to be speaking at Teach Them Diligently in Pigeon Forge, May 4th through 6th. So, We'll put a link in so you can register if you haven't yet. And if you do attend, come to our panel, say hi. We would love to meet you and chat with you. So thank you so much for listening today. We would love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook. 